Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. What's happening, my Therapy Thoughts fam? This is Tiffany Rowe coming at you with a one-on-one Therapy Thought podcast episode. It's been three months since you've heard just from me. We've had the honor of talking with a couple folks over the last three months and interviewing them and having them on this podcast. But I wanted to come back to kind of the roots and just have a discussion with you about something that's on my heart and mind and share. Uh, Today's topic is grief. I want to talk all about that and give you some insights I personally am experiencing something called anticipatory grief. That means someone in my life is nearing their own death. And so grief is on my mind. I'm thinking about it. I'm talking about it. I'm feeling, dealing, and this will be therapeutic for me. And I hope there are some insights and supports to you as I share my thoughts on grief. Grief is nothing anyone looks forward to. Uh, Grief is painful. Um, The definition of grief, if we are trying to hash out kind of all the different ways we feel in regards to death, grief is distress. And it's both physical and psychological. And it is intense. And so when you're tired and in pain, and it hurts, that's grief. Bereavement is technically different than grief. Bereavement is the experience of losing a loved one by death. And most of us know what that's like. And if we don't, we will, right? That that bereavement experience of losing a loved one is followed by grief. And I want to talk to you about how to grieve and give you some permissions around grief and honoring grief. Mourning is another word that's important to understand. It's how we express our thoughts and our feelings in response to the bereavement. And it's culturally specific. And so how I mourn, how you mourn, how someone who lives in another place or time mourns is going to be based on culture and beliefs. And it's a way that we experience and share our grief. And so the three are connected. I want to talk to you about a few normal responses to grief and how We can support others going through grief, especially. One, it's normal to avoid. That's viewed as kind of the first phase or approach to grief. Avoidance is an appropriate response. And so if folks are numb, feel nothing, feel empty, just have no emotional reaction, it is a normal, appropriate, and perfectly fine response to grief. Uh, we also call that emotional anesthesia. It's, it's almost a protective factor as our mind works to grasp what it is we are, we are facing. The possible death or death of someone we really care about. That emotional anesthesia, that avoidance, it doesn't 
mean you need to be worried about being someone who doesn't care. It's not reflective of your love or relationship to someone. It's naturally just part of the grieving process. And as we go through avoidance, there's no checkbox to this. So you might feel like, man, I've accepted this. I've healed. I've integrated this loss into my life and I'm, I'm moving forward. But you can still have avoidance throughout your journey as you adapt to life without your loved one. And so avoidance is normal and it comes and goes. And so there's no checkbox check process to grief. It's messy. It comes and goes. Um, you may be familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's uh, stages of grief. And really, she created that system uh, for terminally ill patients to help us have compassion and understand possible experiences that they'll have as they anticipate their own death. It's absolutely comparable to a personal grief process. Um, but even in her theory, she says, you know, you're going to go through... Um, avoidance. Um, they're going to be in this denial stage, right? That's similar to kind of this avoidance stage I'm talking about. But she says, if you anticipate your own death or you're terminally ill, it's going to look like um, avoiding, being in denial, and then you're going to be angry, and then you're going to try to bargain, and then you're going to feel depressed, and then you're going to accept. But what she says is it's not this checkbox in order process. It's not like, okay, cool, I'm done. Uh, being in denial. Now I'm angry. Oh, now I'm bargaining. It's a back and forth. And not everyone experiences every, every one of those stages. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. And in fact, there are far more experiences someone could have than just those five emotional responses. Um, so it's not a checkbox. It's not linear. There's no time limit. And it just is supposed to inform us of like, hey, these are possible outcomes that folks could have and to hopefully give us more compassion and help people have dignity in the death process. So back to our own personal grief process, which I think is definitely related to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief, the avoidance stage. Again, it's normal, similar to kind of that denial stage she talks about. We then go through a confrontation process. And that's that could be a lot of things. It's the most intense grief. The psychological distress, the physical distress, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the fear, the live in the moment, the carpe diem, the bucket list, the all the things that people can do. We confront grief the way we confront grief. Um, and I think my hope today and sharing my thoughts on grief on this podcast is to give you and others permission to know there's no freaking right way that grief is grief and it creates a hole in our soul and there's no way to fill that up we will never replace that person we'll never rid the relationship or the love that as we confront grief it leaves a hole in our soul and it's important that we confront that and that we look at that. It's necessary that this big hole in your soul is evidence of love. Grief is evidence of love. It's the response to lost love. And what we want to try and do is build a bridge over that hole. It's always there. Sometimes it's more evident than others. Sometimes we feel it. Sometimes we're numb. And it's going to change us. 
there's a hole in our DNA, our makeup, our body, our spirit, our mind, and we've lost an attachment figure or a relationship, and that changes someone, and it should change someone. And how that does change you to what degree, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's okay that that happens. And of course, there is impact. It impacts relationships. It changes systems. It changes identity. And so it's always there. And I want you to recognize that that's a normal part of the grieving process. It's a way that we honor and pay tribute to the ones that we love. It's through this grief. And I want to talk about a lot of ideas of how to confront in this stage of grief and what you can do. And the first thing is remove that judgment and really just begin to observe whatever it is, be it numb, just in unrelentless weeping, uncontrollable crying and pain, be it numbness, that or something else. I want you to observe your emotion acknowledge that it exists this is how I'm feeling and it's okay to feel this doesn't mean you like it but you're starting to really just say wow I just observe this wave of pain like a 1000 pound weight on your shoulders or a knife stabbing your stomach and just feeling that and seeing it for what it is it's an emotion and it's energy moving through your body and it's appropriate for that to happen in response to grief I want you to experience it like a wave You know, if you ever sit and watch the ocean, the waves come and go. There's not much stopping them. There's nothing we can do to stop it. It's just the nature of waves. And that's the nature of emotions. Little waves hitting your feet. You're standing on the shoreline, observing them come and go, feeling the coldness, feeling the crispness, noticing how your toes feel on the sand. I want you to treat grief the same way. We got to step into it. And I often tell my clients or myself, hey, this is intentional. We got to take it on because it's human nature to want to avoid this type of pain. It's deeply threatening and painful, right? And so making time to experience it, perhaps we put on music that reminds us of people we are grieving for. We wear clothes that feel ritualistic or symbolic of grief or the person We look at pictures or journal entries or text messages or emails or notes or letters and we invite whatever it is that comes up for us. Again, there's no right or wrong response, but we just invite it in. So we step, we step first into this by observing and then we say, I'm going to experience this. And that's the intentional confrontation I'm talking about. And having grace and compassion for ourselves when we just can't and we just don't want to. Because that's also normal and okay. There's lots of different ways we can honor folks. Perhaps creating a memory box, visiting a grave, writing letters to them. Crying, journaling, talking about them. I mean, for crying out loud, doing a podcast about grief, right? There's no wrong or right way to take it on. And I just want you to have permission to do that. And as we experience it and invite it, knowing that any time you give that is enough. And so if it's a couple minutes a day, I encourage you to confront it. Because there is no avoidance of grief. It will pop up if we try to shove it down like any emotion. And so we need to intentionally say, hey, I see you. I feel you. I welcome you. Doesn't mean this is comfortable or that I want to be feeling this. 
However, remember the frame of this is evidence of love, that grief is a response to love and it's how we honor and pay tribute. And so a couple minutes a day or a longer period of time or working it around work. And even if you have these waves come when you have meetings or work or paying attention to family or friends, honoring it in a way that feels appropriate for you. I want you to concentrate on the emotion in your body. Connect, connect to your body. Let it help you. Imagine that these waves are just coming and going and we don't want to push them away. We don't want to judge it. I think that's the number one fear folks have. Like, this should be done. This has happened too long. I shouldn't feel this way. And it's just not true. It's it's okay to have those thoughts, but to continually practice that gentle acceptance, that's what we want to do. So there's no bad emotion. There's no bad response. It just is. We want to use that mindfulness, that mindful approach of it just is. And I notice it. This isn't bad. It's not a bad experience. And we, we become an anthropologist of our own emotional happenings. Hmm. I'm going to observe and watch this and just notice like, wow, that's how it feels for me in my body and in my chest and in my mind. And I can feel tears or I can feel emptiness and just watching, noticing. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And it's okay to feel this telling yourself this is a valid experience and then at the same time not hanging on to the emotions saying I have to suffer or feel this 24-7 for it to be valid instead we want to say I intentionally accept and take on what is there organically and naturally for me so we watch it we watch it like those waves we don't need to rehearse it over and over We don't have to escalate it. We don't have to make it bigger, but rather just saying, wow, here's how I grieve. And then we let it be. We observe it. We don't judge it. And we don't try to push it away. And notice your patterns and noticing your tides of grief. Remember, you are not your emotion, but you are someone who has emotions. They are part of you. They are not you. They don't define you and they do not determine the roadmap of your future. So how you feel now does not mean you will feel this later. You likely will and you likely won't because emotion is energy in motion. It constantly moves and shifts and changes. And recognize that this does not determine any permanent state of being for you. That emotion moves, it comes and goes, and your job is to practice watching, noticing, and honoring we're becoming mindful attendance to our grief and this one is a new way to view grief we want to practice loving the emotion and i say this as someone who knows grief it's a difficult concept but imagine loving the experience and saying thank you for being able to feel No one loves the feeling of grief. No one enjoys being uncomfortable. No one enjoys physical pain or distress in response to grief. But seeing it as like, ah, my body's helping me feel this. Wow. Okay. And loving yourself, loving your body, practicing accepting just what is. I honor the message you have for me, grief. Yeah, 
I do love this person. And that's a reminder. And just knowing that you can have post-traumatic growth when something traumatizing happens, we change and we shift and there's that hole and there's something to, to be said for growing past trauma. Not that we ever want it to happen, not that that means we like it, but rather saying, okay, I've experienced this pain, I've experienced this grief and trauma and I can grow. It's, it's transcendent. We're transcending the experience by thinking about it in that way. And remember that acceptance and love are two really different things. So you don't have to like this experience, but you can accept it and embrace it in the fact because it is. It is, it is what it is. So the confrontation stage, this is another place where I would say, if you can, hop into general support groups where you can receive sympathy, listening. This would be a great time to go to therapy and talk all about your thoughts and feelings and emotions. And if there is deeper trauma that's not just acute, but rather chronic, it would be a great time to get with a professional. Um, There's also, you know, less formal self-help groups. We want to make sure that it's, it's honored regardless of the situation. So if it's prolonged and anticipated expected death, honoring that that does allow someone emotional preparation and we usually know the reason for the person dying but it's still grief and painful and honoring that if it's sudden and unexpected there's going to be different symptoms of disbelief or shock or maybe we don't know why and really having space and understanding that every grief situation is valid and treating each person as an individual and really trying to understand what it is like for them to grieve or for us to grieve I think as we resolve, you know, all these complicated feelings and expressions, accepting social support, accepting help, saying yes, you know, to connection and support from folks is a great, is a great shortcut and not fighting that, but accepting community and and help and connecting with others who know grief and be realistic about the course of grieving. There is no time frame. And it's going to impact every single person differently and anniversaries impact people differently. And it's okay to, to have this be the rest of your life. Anticipate that that's normal. Remember there's this hole inside of you. And when you're ready, we want to start engaging in new activities and relationships. There is no, oh, I'm over it. Or this is just perfectly accepted and I've moved on. But rather we want to look at this as we're integrating and adjusting to life without this person. And that's kind of the final stage of grief, if we were to kind of talk about this in a linear fashion. But restoration, we're we're alternating between dealing with the emotions and the grief and with the life changes, but it's all about adjusting to life without this person. And for many of us, that means, wow, I'm a widow now, or I lost a parent. What's this mean about my identity? Or I lost a close friend or a coworker. And this changes a role for us. And trying to balance and alternate, having those waves come and go, I'm dealing with this, I'm taking this on, I'm confronting it, while also saying, okay, 
and this person's not here. I'm integrating that hole into my life and adjusting to life without this person. That's the restoration phase. And we want to cope with the loss. So this is called the dual process model of coping with loss. What we want to do is say, yeah, I'm still showing up in my life. I'm still doing this and I'm feeling this loss and there's this hole in me. And it's okay if I'm not complete and it's okay if I'm not 100%. So let's go ahead and plug in that affirmation. I don't have to be 100%. It's okay that I can maybe only do a few things a day. You might limit other areas of your life as your energy is sucked up in grief. It is okay to say no. That is self-care. You are allowed to say, I just can't go to this party. While also having space for saying, I can't accept help and push myself in other circumstances. There's no one right prescribed way to do this. But having that permission and recognizing this pain is going to take time and change you. And recognizing that that's normal and that's okay. I see you. And I know grief is scary and hard and it's complicated when it doesn't make sense. Um, when there's particularly difficult deaths around suicide or the loss of a child or something of that nature. I really recommend that you know you're not broken and that your grief is valid. And I hope some of these ideas have supported you. And always getting with a counselor who who will have training in working with grief and holding space with you you know, in an empathic and compassionate way. I can't recommend that more highly, my friends. So I hope, I hope these thoughts on grief have supported you. If you have any questions or comments, head over to my Instagram at Tiffany Rowe or at Hey Tiffany Rowe rather. Um, and if you want to get some more support from me on coping with emotions, I think my best course for this would be probably the emotional regulation course. And I talk all about managing emotions and dealing with them. And I think that that's, that's grief is adjusting to life with this hole in our soul while also really learning to feel and navigate a whole new set of feelings. And so you can check that out. Um, you can always use the code self-love for 10% off for being part of my Therapy Thoughts fam. Um, yeah, and if there's any questions, head over to that Instagram and let's connect, my friends. And as always, may you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.